Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The following is a sponsored program on WBT. Good morning and welcome to At Home at the Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services along with Trent Hayson from the Roby Family of Companies. We are your hosts. I don't know if I'm going to help you host today. you got to help I'm me, ba- I'm bailing. Bailing. Bail out. It's the most wonderful time. All right. Well, okay, a couple topics to cover right quick. Go. McNeely on the last show was great. Oh, my gosh. If you didn't hear it, last yes. Sunday, go podcast, start there, and then going back. All of our hosts, all of our guests are great. But, dude, that guy's on fire. Do greater. First Do person greater. I've ever known that said he was terminal and then all, all the way down to one week to live and then come through. He looked healthy, as healthy, yeah. happy. That coffee shop should be open pretty soon. I will be a frequent visitor to uh, that coffee too. shop. Me yeah. too. Yeah. We'll go drink coffee. And I had a, I had, I had a, a holiday party last night and saw Banks Wilson, who referred me to him, who's been on the yeah. show, Union, uh, and he was talking about uh, they had a – he has a uh, – a forum meeting there today, actually. Well, that's really cool, by the way. And the second thing is, like, you know, we have people like, on the show all like that. It just it makes if you listen to the show, it kind of makes you want to do better. I mean, yeah. do I mean, it just makes you want to do think. And differently. we we share a lot of wonderful local charities. Yeah. Oh and yeah, we we're you know we hang our hat the the, the strongest on Make a Wish, and then we got Darren Ash, and then Bart Noonan, and in Reach. But man, he's on fire. I mean, grassroots. It's really good. Well, it, it's and it's a lot of it. Well, all of it. The ones you mentioned are uh, are well, maybe not in reach, but are, are predominantly to this neighborhood. Yep. Which is awesome. I actually ran into Bart uh, a couple days after that show, ironically, and I was like, "Hey, listen, man, you and I are going to get together and we're going to go to see William McNeely and we're going to have coffee." Yeah. And he was like, "Sure." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I think he was implying I was going to forget to ask him or something. But we're, He's like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you never follow up with me, Patrick. <laughs> the second thing we got to cover real quickly in our current events section right, of the show is Clemson beat the Sox off of the Tar Heels. We asked about it. I thought Carolina might have a hope and a prayer. But, I mean, when it boils down to it, Clemson still stinks. So, good it, job. You got Cade Klubnick. <laughs> that was really Where's that guy been? <laughs> good TJ's over here snickering with his bulldog heart. We got nothing to say. Anyway, he could just so, humble us, just like that. All he's got to do is bark at us. And my Carolina Tar Heel basketball team. Oh my gosh, it's all right. I mean, it is all right, but I mean, you start to worry about Hubert's job at a certain level. I mean, I don't know. He's got to get it together. I mean, I'm saying, I you know, I like how Roy used to lose a little and early in the season. I and, did too. And kind of kind of use it as a tool and pick them up. And last year they were a little slow to start and came along, obviously, made it to the national championship game. Uh, but, man, you lose four or five in a row, they start – they hang you out in the street. They hung Dean Smith in effigy back <laughs> back in the back 70s. In the I think Krzyzewski had a hard time, too, for a while there. It seemed to work out just fine. I mean, fine. I don't know how you hold – you know, I don't know that, that, that deal, but you got to hold your mouth right, hang in there. I don't know. <laughs> I think they're going to give him a little time. I hope so. I mean, he I don't did know. he get, got to the Final Four or whatever last year? He made it to the, the championship, championship game. game. He beat and lost. Duke in the Final Four. That's right, All and right. lost. 
All right, this is not a sports talk radio show. This is a life talk radio show. Although our our guest is a Kyle national Mi- champion, I Kyle think. Kyle Miller got confused. He's over here throwing peace signs. By, Good. To be Kyle Bailey, who's a WFNZ guy. He kind of has the same stature. I was telling him, he's, Kyle Bailey, he's a little guy, too. We'll talk a little bit about this, but I'm pretty sure Kyle Miller won a national college championship it, division one. John Hopkins, right? We'll, we'll, uh, we'll hear about that. I mean, he's another one of our blockhead buddies that I like to hang out with <laughs> merely because I feel safe <laughs> until I until I get a little mouthy. <laughs> for the record, it was Trent that called you a blockhead. I did not. I mean, my, just for the record, my brother is six five. I'm. <laughs> I said something the other day. I was playing golf with a guy who's who's a bigger guy, uh, very athletic, athletic gentleman. One of my friends, uh, Clay Jacob, and. Uh, I said, man, I'll never be able to drive the ball as far as you. He's probably 30 yards, 40 yards. I hit it really good. And he said, well, he said, McElroy's 5'8". And I thought he said, I didn't hear what he said. I thought he called me 5'8". I said, whoa, 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 homie, I'm five nine and a half. Let go. <laughs> he said, but, yeah, McElroy could outdrive you. <laughs> you did I said, he's got coil. He does. I mean, that guy winds up. It's incredible. I mean, you know, I was digging ditches. He chopping firewood. He's over more, here. He's on a nimble. coil machine. That's what that's the sound. Of I've never been on a coil machine. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I call it. I call it a a, a eight pound mall. Like I have to. If you have to say your height with a half inch at the end, you are definitely short. You are. <laughs> you are, have a syndrome. You're stretching for something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been chopping wood lately. It's been fun. I bet. Like, I think I've had a fire every night I've been home for the last three weeks because I have some good wood now. Like old school, like with the sledgehammer and the little... Uh, it's called a maul. A it's maul. a single. Thank you me. don't use two things. You use a maul. You go straight at it. And you hit it till you cry. i got to come over and do some of that. I, I think I think instead of going to hang out with Michael Cox, we need to chop some wood together. I'll come over to your house. Yeah. I'll chop some wood, see how Cox chops some wood. Michael Cox been on the show, my next door neighbor. Uh, yeah. Actually, I told him today, he was in the Axios article a couple of days ago about Fat Burrito. They were talking about the new restaurants open up in town and gave uh, gave Michael some love. That's good. Yeah. And then I saw uh, Daniel Cottingham last night. He's been he on was the show. in there yep. a day or two ago talking about the real estate market. He said, we're okay, everyone. <laughs> I think we are. <laughs> it seems, I mean, nothing seems to really be, I'm with you. I mean, the, the development continues. I mean, I don't understand, you know, they Interest rates, it's the shock when you come from zero percent, 3% interest back to normalized rates. Everybody goes, oh, Lord. But but when I bought my first house in 2000, interest rates were not considered extraordinarily high. My It was seven and three quarters. Yeah, mine was, I bought mine in 2005 at six and three eighths. Yep. So, I mean, and that, that seemed to be pretty I good. I think I refinanced it around that time about six, and then I refinanced again around three. <laughs> That's make you happy. <laughs> That's kind of like free money. I think that was one time I was riding around with my dad in like oh three oh four, and we started you know looking at investment houses and stuff. And I said, man, I said if the real interest rate ever dropped to five percent, we'd buy up the world. He said, no, we wouldn't. We'd have other problems. <laughs> so the, they never teach the counterbalance in economics. They only teach one side of the story. You got to live the other side. So, all right. Kyle Miller is our guest today. 
He runs a family business with his father and his brother. I'm so excited to hear what all he has to say, what all is going on, and how he was raised. You're listening to At Home with Roby when we Welcome back. At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services. I'm Trent Hazen from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. Trent, we got Kyle Miller in the house. In the house. He, is the, he is the first guy that ever compared the radio headphones to what it's like in a plane. Yeah, pri- small private plane, general aviation. I've, I've been he's flying a, for about, he's uh, a pilot. about I know. 10 years I, now, look, yeah. I knew that. I'm looking at his shirt, too. He's got a Cirrus shirt on. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was unintentional. How long have you flown? It's been, I think, about 10 or 11 years. That's wow. really cool. Um, yeah, started off doing uh, VFR training in Dallas when I was living there. Uh, finished that up, and uh, then I got my instrument rating in Charleston, actually, and then I've got my, uh, I got my commercial rating uh, last January. So commercially rated pilot. That's wow! So you can fly yeah. what? Uh, it's just re- it's it's not as uh, it it's not related to the actual aircraft you can fly. You've always got to get type rated in a you know in a jet or a twin yeah, or something like that. What it means is uh, I can get paid you to get fly paid. people. Um, so like if I was taking you somewhere uh, about two years ago, I mean I, I couldn't charge you for anything. The good news is now I, I can give you I could give you a little pat on the pocket. You could, or just you know friendship <laughs> is compensation enough. You know, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Depends which day. Well, you yeah. were you were talking about uh, it made me think. Uh, you were talking about how the headset reminds you of a plane. You get to hear mm-hmm. yourself. I used to think you know my voice was so bad when I would hear myself. Now I think it sounds so great. That's TJ. <laughs> he is definitely helping us out. I feel the same way. Like you listen to yourself on a voice wow. re- voice recording. Trent's come a long way. Yeah, TJ has a lot to do with that. Nice. I think. Yeah. Different different things though change your voice. Um, you know, you sound like certain phones make you sound one yep. way. Talking on the radio sounds another. Um, and then you know, of course, like when you're yelling at your kids, that's a that's a different tone. That's, that's a yeah. bad that's tone. A tough one. Yeah, I know this when I'm singing in church, and I got the feeling when people start turn around looking at me, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Uh, what's this guy doing?" Dang, that guy's got a good voice. I think it's I think not because my voice is so on key. I think it's because of my country accent added to those hymns. <laughs> It makes everything sound good. It does. <laughs> yeah, they're smiling. Yeah, they're, they're patting me. Well, it's, it's like butter and southern cooking. Just That's just more of it, more southern accent <laughs> and saying it. It sounds great. A lot salt, a lot, a lot, a lot greasier. That's good. <laughs> Gives you high cholesterol. So, so where are you from, Kyle? I'm from Detroit, not not the South. A good old Midwestern boy. Um, was born in uh, 1984 there and stayed there through high school. I only went back after college for about three months, and uh, then I moved to Chicago. And uh, bounced around about every two years after that till I moved to Charlotte. Uh, it'll be 11 years in Charlotte uh, next month. Are you here so, to stay? Yeah, that was the plan. Um, you know, uh, moved here for work. That was kind of the primary reason. But then personally, and working at a family business, uh, there's a lot of benefits to uh, kind of getting roots set up somewhere. I was getting tired of having to make new friends every two years. Um, you know, I think I'm a personable guy, but, I mean, it, it's a struggle. And even moving to Charlotte, you kind of – got a flavor for how hard it is to go to a bar to watch a ball game or something like that and so you sit next to a guy in a bar stool and he starts chatting with you and you, you sort of have a good time and there's no smooth way at the end of that to be like hey man i had a great time can i get your can i get your phone number can we hang out like you always get kind of looked at a little a little weird wow so, <laughs> yeah. man i hear you well yeah. so, so have you when you got out of school and, uh, and we <clears> talked about on the break or yeah. like we kind of alluded to in the last segment yeah that you were a lacrosse player I was, yeah. And yeah. Uh, John Hopkins. Yep. Did uh, So did that for four years, played uh, tight end for the football team for two freshman, sophomore year. At John Hopkins? Yeah, they're D3 football. They're actually D1 in just lacrosse, D3 in everything else. 
There's only 11 schools in the country that are, are cross-divisional like that. John Hopkins is wow. one of them. Wow, yeah. because they're so good in lacrosse? So yeah, it's, it's, they kind of, you know, if you use the analogy, they're supposed to be like the Notre Dame of, uh, of lacrosse for football. Um, wow. So they historically had a great program. There's actually a period of time, I think it was back in the 50s, when, like, you know, the U.S. needed to have a national team, and they would just send Johns Hopkins and their squad out there. Like, that was the That was the national team. team. Yeah. So, so where is John, Johns Hopkins located? Baltimore, Maryland. And Which you wanted like, to go there because of lacrosse? Kind of. Uh, you know, so I was good at sports in high school. Um, but I, my focus, actually, at that time, I, it was kind of a mature decision looking back at it. But I wanted to use athletics to get the best education that I could, you know, at the time. Wow. I mean, there was no uh, – you, know, I mean, I mean, you say I'm a big That's guy. It. You look at me in this room. But I'm, I'm certainly not going to be playing pro ball anywhere. Um, and funny enough, I actually did play for uh, one season for the Charlotte Hounds when we had that, that professional You did? Team. Yeah. Um, but I was 29 years old, and you know, you get these kids coming out of college straight out of the draft with like eight packs, and they're running like the wind. And you know, I'm like drinking <laughs> beer on a Friday night, trying to, you know, so Goodness was, I can't imagine trying yeah. to play with some 22 year olds when I was 29. Yeah, uh, you know, it was it was a wake up call. Old, old age was coming in. Stick. Yeah. Well, hold on. You're you're a very humble fella, and I, you kind of skipped mm-hmm. over what you did when you were playing oh, lacrosse yeah. at Johns Hopkins. You won an Addy. Uh, we won two actually. Won two. Um, I think wow. Yeah. Um, humble no more. <laughs> yeah, got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so uh, you know, especially in this area of the country, it uh, it always makes me feel really good to let everybody know that I beat Duke twice. Oh yeah. So, Man, you got excited. Yeah. That is, I did. First time yeah. I think yep. in eight years I've clapped on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> I like wow, it. Wow, yeah. man. Well, the the crazy part about that story actually was, um, so my my junior season, which was the year between the two championships, uh, was the year that all the stuff went down at Duke and Mike Nifong, and so their season got canceled. Um, so if you go oh, watch wow. that ESPN thirty for thirty, uh, my wife she kind of she knew I went there and didn't really put the the years together at that point, but that ESPN thirty for thirty opens and closes with that's my team beating up at the beginning and then the, the the humorous part about being a johns hopkins grad and having played there is that documentary tries to end on a high note like oh they, their season came back and they made it to the championship game and they don't really mention that we we beat them again there you go <laughs> so, goodness <laughs> gracious <laughs> humble no more that's it. That's, <laughs> well, hey, you, you asked i gotta tell I you did. I mean, that's yeah. what people want to hear that, yeah. that's great that is it, man i gotta watch that 30 for 30 yeah it's good. i recommend it it's a good one so when you yeah. when you came out of college did you go straight to work for the family business uh, I did. Um, so I had the unfortunate coincidence of graduating in 2007. So because I'd played the sports, yeah. I, I wanted to take some time off. I was just I was exhausted. My GPA, quite frankly, was not great. Um, I just I needed some time off. So it ended up being a bad decision because uh, the economy really started slipping that summer. So I was supposed to go to work in uh, September for a brokerage house in Baltimore, and uh, they they pulled the job offer because they went into kind of expense cutting mode. So um, needed to go you know, work and put that college degree to use doing something. Sure. And, um, you know, my dad, I think, kind of knew what he was doing at the time. He, he gave me an offer I, I kind of couldn't refuse. And um, so it was never my intention to go into the business, but, you know, kind of rolled through the first two years, uh, what was, you know, the 08, 09 recession. And um, just like like my job, liked who I was working with, enjoyed working with my family, had a little more autonomy, you know, less of the, uh, you know, I'm probably not the best guy to be told that you got to show up at eight and you got to stay till five and sit at this desk. That's just not my not my personality. So it worked out. And the family business is called Ball. I'm gonna mess it yeah, up. Yeah, everybody Bamal. does. It's Bamel. Bamel. Um, yeah, B A M A L. It stands for Burke and Miller and Larman, which were the three original founders. So I, I think, think you told you, me that when we yeah, first met. It makes more sense. I learned moving to Charlotte that uh, so Bank of America Merrill Lynch. Their email extension is B A M L. Oh yeah. And ours is our company name B A M A L. And we get a lot of mail at really? email at our company that is not not. Ever send you money? 
No, no money. <laughs> no, lot dang. of yeah, a lot of people with some opportunities I can't miss though via email or or you. or you know a prince from you know you know the far east somewhere that's got to move some money to the country. If you'd only give him your routing oh, and account wow. number, so, yeah. I get those all the time. Yeah, I you, never get the money. No, no, you, you probably, might check yeah. and make sure all yours is still in there. Yeah, that's, <laughs> people are really generous out there. <laughs> they are. Yeah. I had an email from somebody go to junk, so I went in my junk folder this morning <laughs> and was looking just kind of you get so like get boondoggle start browsing and. So many of our employees send me uh, changes to the direct deposit. <laughs> I got I'm one like, of those this week. It's like, yeah. change my direct deposit to this account, please. Yeah. Like, you got to look at the email it came from. It's yeah. always it's uh, never it's their email. One. But yeah. it inevitably, I mean, somebody gets hit or they, they, would, they would stop doing it. That's uh, a it numbers happens. game. Um, it's a numbers I'll have game. to ask you during the break if I can tell you a different version of this scam. There's, a, there's kind of a, a uh, sultry component to it, but I got. I got hit with something. I'll, I'll have to ask you about the break if I can tell the story. Well, we, we get the ones to our employees all the time. And they they hit they hit the I mean they hit anybody like just a, they probably send yeah. it to the entire staff and it comes from Trent or it comes from Travis and it's you know yeah. go get me some gift cards. This is, I'm trying to do something yep. for X Y Z. Put it on my desk. Don't say anything. And we don't do that in our company. Yeah. These employees get so excited to go buy gift cards for me yeah, yeah. well they, they think they're yeah, being yeah, helpful they're doing you a favor yeah, yeah. yeah it's really nice of them so so <laughs> when when was the business started 1953 we were founded so did you work as a teenager in the business any no i did my older brother kevin did he was more of a traditional he's firstborn son so i mean you know from about 14 he was sweeping yep. warehouse floors cleaning toilets that kind of stuff and he's actually worked in every department in the company and um you know because i didn't have any interest coming out of high school and college and doing it I, I actually had never worked there until i started post-school i was doing summer camps and playing sports and i had jobs but it, you know be working at like a indoor hockey rink being from michigan or something like that working at the concession you know stands. it's hard we, we talk i always thought my kids would work the full summer for our business like me and my brother did and now uh tatum's about to turn 15 and she just said leather not you know can i work this summer and i and Reagan's like, you don't have any time. Like, you got so many camps and yeah. things that you're doing. Like, it's it's so much harder when you want them involved in all this extracurricular activity, which I did. I did that, but I played Legion baseball, so I kind of had to stay home during the summer. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, anyway, well, will you stick around? I want to learn some more about your sure, business. Love but to. man, what a what a cool upbringing there, old Johns Hopkins, D one, two time national champion, beat Duke. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we got Kyle Miller when we return. The following is a sponsored program on WBT. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services. I'm Trent Hastings from the Roby Family of Companies. We are your hosts. So the moral of the story is there's a ton of scams going on out there. Yeah, we just talked uh, about 10 of them on the break. Yeah, here. on the break. Um, be aware and, and be, be uh, double-checked stuff before you get irrational uh rationality wins that's right i I would say kill those scam attempts with communication call whoever's whoever you think is trying to make a change or ask for money yeah but they're just playing on emotion right i mean i think you're right i mean rational that's really with anything i mean any kind of major decision or you know through work there's no need to panic i mean it's always what the business saying is if you want to respond to an email or something wait till the next phone morning. call type the email and then sit on it sleep on it and yeah. you usually delete it <laughs> yeah or heavily rewrite or or heavily you rewrite. make a phone yeah. call and, yeah. you, and you talk about it what rather than blasting off some behind the scenes email Absolutely. keyboard muscles 
Oh man, I'm that's good at the problem with social media. You're good at keyboard muscles. No. You got a lot of muscles. You, should, uh, I got you strong. <laughs> you were strong, young Ooh, man. Behind a keyboard, look out. Ah, uh, yeah. So you so you mentioned your older brother Kevin. Yeah. Is, is in business with you. How that's much right. older is Kevin? He's about 18 months older than me. Okay. Yeah, and then we got I've got another brother that's 18 months younger, and then we have a much younger brother. He's about six and a half years younger than me. Is everybody in the business? Just me and my older brother. Yeah. What, wow. So uh, what what does the business do? It's a distribution business. We uh, the product that we sell is fasteners, you know, nuts, bolts, screws, washers, things like that. Um, but I, I would I characterize our business a little bit differently. We're we're really kind of a services firm. It's it's a just in time inventory management firm. We're selling the uh, service of managing your supply base. So uh, a good example, Electrolux is one of our customers, and we for them manage around 600 SKUs, and there's about 300 vendors or so embedded in that that part matrix. Uh, but they don't have to deal with those 300 suppliers. They just they they only deal with us. We house it for them. We deliver it to them. We go out and quote it for them. So we're we're more of a services firm, but it, it's kind of you built provide on top them of the a, software. No, I mean we we do all that in house. Um, you know the the contracts with them are actually pretty simple. It's uh, um, you know a list of terms, and then on the back of it, what kind of vacuum do you have? I have a Eureka. Vacuum. Oh man, so, come on! Yeah. You're supposed to say Electrolux. That that would be. Uh, a, I growing a, up always <laughs> had an Electrolux. Yeah. I think dad dad bought them when they came to the door. Yeah, well, so the the vacuum came with my wife. I did not purchase the vacuum. There you go. Um, but okay. I do, I do have like, electrolux right, refrigerators. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got electrolux refrigerators and washers and dryers, and yeah, we, we yeah. try to keep it in the family. Well, well, that that so is it. I mean, I'm kind of like trying to follow how this works. So if yeah. they if they have a hundred items that they're trying to build, say it's a refrigerator. Do you guys basically put a package together to the nuts and bolts for each one of those and send it to them? Is that how it works? Well, a lot of the stuff that we ship is like is by the pallet. So I mean, you know, well, they've got yeah. a they've got a facility making um, dish care units out in Kinston, North Carolina. Yeah, they're yeah. making like ten thousand dishwashers a day, right? In so it's yeah. And so if you're um, you know, it, I mean, if that has thirty different SKUs on it, they might use the same screw uh, twenty times on one unit. Multiple, you know, so and do the math, right? So yeah. we're shipping it to them by, by the pallet. And then we do offer some kitting, sir. Like if you go to Lowe's, uh, you go. and uh, yeah. We, yeah, we do kitting. So if, like if you're buying a like a Kohler uh, sink, right? They're, they're a customer of ours, and you open up that box, and it's got a little plastic bag with an Allen key in it yeah. and a couple screws. Like so, we you know we build that and and ship it to them so that they can package it with the with the sink and ship can, it out. Can I make a, can I can I make a request? Sure, yeah. Can y'all please make the Allen key just a little bit bigger you want it longer longer yeah see gracious. the problem with that is that that costs a for little leverage. bit more they don't they don't <laughs> want it whenever you put any kind of yeah. furniture or they want to make sure that it's uh, the cheapest it can be and that it hurts your hands when you're the using most. it that's a perfectly sized <laughs> allen key I'll, t- I'll tell you a funny story i was putting something like that together during the weekend i started complaining to one of our field guys and he goes yeah they only use those allen keys for people that don't have tools correct I think he was doing a dagger. Uh, yeah, I was he like, was saying, "Hey, hey, fancy pants, office boy, get back in the office. Shut like, up! All right, my bad." Yeah. Um, but no, I, so I, I started in wholesale distribution as well, yeah. and yeah. we we offered some kidding, um, mm-hmm. and and that seemed to be the most profitable. Op- op- I mean, it kind of yeah. like decommoditizes you. So it's cool that you call it yourself does. a service business, and yeah. it really did. I mean, we it, it was a company that ordered ten pack ten of these things at a time. And there were about 40 SKUs in it, and mm-hmm. we, would, we would basically cut it down and, and box these things, and they were shipping them off to McDonald's across the country. And so we kind of figured this yeah. out, and uh, it, it was a, a great little a great little. Yeah, so, I mean, if you use the MBA term, I mean, that's a, that's a value-added service, right? Yeah. So it's, to me, a fastener is, is very commoditized. I mean, you, you've been making a screw on planet Earth for the same way for about 150 years. I mean, there's not a whole lot of technological advancement. I mean, a, a nut today looks exactly like it looked exactly. 100 years ago. So you've got to find some way to um, 
increase your margin. You know, I mean, it's you got to add some services, add some, add some. Uh, so, how many locations do y'all have? We, man, you're going to make me count on here. I'm not going to say we have eight in the United States and then our second largest branch is actually in Monterey, Mexico. Yeah, but we're right. most heavily concentrated in the uh, the Midwest and the Southeast. Okay. And then uh, we have one branch out in Tucson, Arizona, and then uh, Monterey, Mexico. I hear you. Do yeah. you do you try to build the branch? I mean, if you have a, a giant customer like Electrolux, do you try to put a location we do. Know, within Yeah, I mean, it's a defensive ship. maneuver in, in the competitive marketplace. Yeah. Um, so you want to be, you know, and that's really why we moved to Charlotte. We had a bunch of customers in the area, but we had competition and uh, customers, but no presence, right? So if you want to win the war, we kind of looked at it and said you got to be at least where the battle's being fought. Um, so we, you know, typically we will put locations where a client is when we win them. You know, it's part of the package. But, I mean, we don't go greenfield and then hope. I mean, I'm not going to drive down to Florida, yeah, you know, yeah. put something in Orlando you, and hope but we you, some you sell that strategy to them. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, and they all, they want it. They yeah. know what the gig is when they're, they're bringing in for competitive. I mean, we're not, you know, like Fastenal is one of the companies in our industry that people know, and uh, they have a back end of their business that competes with ours selling bulk fasteners. You can also walk in off the street and buy razor blades and caulking and, and things yeah. like that. And uh, they have the advantage of. I mean, they're everywhere. I mean, it, I probably see a fastenal truck driving down seventy seven sure. every week, and uh, it you know it bothers me that I didn't think of that idea. But uh, they're they're doing great, so we compete with them every way we can. Yeah, and they have those low overhead storefronts. Yeah. Yep. So did the supply chain problems of the last uh, couple of years? I was ask yeah, you the same it question. did. Um, you know, we, I can go back actually even further. The disruption started in the Trump administration when he uh, put all the tariffs on product coming from China. Um, and you a, sound just like my buddy Brian. Ferrer. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, the the unfortunate part there for American manufacturing is it was kind of a half measure in my opinion. He, the tariff needed to be more like you know sixty seventy percent, not twenty or thirty. Because the price difference overseas, I mean, it's if it's fifty percent cheaper, it's yeah, it's still you know even with the tariff, it's still twenty percent cheaper than yeah. domestic manufacturers. So it didn't really move any of that purchasing over here. And then we kind of learned the lesson during COVID that maybe these global supply chains have some more risk and hidden cost in the long run than than we thought. You know, so we're we're finding a lot in our industry. Our customers are starting to look at more of a uh, total cost of ownership of the supply chain over a period of time. Rather than being focused on just the you know the particular cost of this one SKU or the screw that I'm I'm buying, so um, it'll be interesting to see how that levels out. But yeah, the, I mean the the port congestion was terrible for us. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, the continued uncertain environment about closures. I mean China's trying to close down some stuff now, and you know, people are protesting. Um, so it, it's been a rocky 2021. Was bad supply chain wise, and we just covered it up in our business. Uh, covered the risk up at least with a bunch of inventory. Um, and then uh, really 2022, though, and you, you guys probably experienced it, but it, it, 2022 kind of turned into more of like the people problem for us. I mean, oh, it yeah. was just hard to find people. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we were kind of getting the double whammy there for a little while. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and the people, obviously, with the skilled, the skilled labor is, is just non-existent at this point. Yeah. Um, but really, I mean, people, the term is do people want – I mean, where are where did these workers go? Yeah, I really don't know. It's I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like, I could go it's find a – like, if, if I'm going to use the term office job, but I mean, if you wanted to be an accountant or a buyer or something like that at our company, I could find those people all day. Now, they were they were costing a lot more, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. But if I wanted to go find a, a warehouse worker – A picker, like, order gone. picker. Yeah, yeah, order picker. Yeah. Just, they could not find him anywhere. And, and so then I started doing these polls. You know, you run a business and you're trying to figure out where. I'm asking the same questions you were, Patrick. Where it's like, where'd they go? So I'm I'm in Uber drivers, cars, asking like, how, how much money do you make? And they're telling me, oh man, I do part time at Amazon. They're they're paying like yep. double time for overtime, not yeah. time and a half. And I'm, I'm and you know I'm like, man, I, I can't compete with that. I <laughs> and the flexibility. So. 
I mean, you need yeah. people. You need people for a block of time That's every right. day consistently. Yeah. We well, yeah. can take Uber uh, for an example. I mean, you can work work whenever you want. Yeah, plug in and plug out. Plug in and plug yeah. out, yeah. There's some, That's uh, where they went. That's where I they never went. Thought, I never I know. knew that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think they did. There's some guys around town. Um, DoorDash, that, same thing, yeah. Yeah, well, and they're running an interesting business where, so take you know that kind of labor for me where it, it's not super highly specialized, but they're trying to get an app going where workers can plug into it. So I, I would post out there, hey, in my warehouse, I've got, I need uh, 40 hours of work next week picking orders and, wow. and different people can plug in and pull the job down and stuff. So and they're already approved. They already got all their paperwork. Yeah, done. now you're getting further. In. I, I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting idea. And That's the other problem, right? Yeah. Is it is it you, you, not only is it hard to find somebody, but there are, I mean, there's certain requirements that every company has for an employee yeah. to come work, as, especially as a W-2 employee. And so then you run into that, that factor. You, you find two or three folks that can do it, mm-hmm. but there's a problem. Yep. Then it can't work out. So it's, it's definitely a unique market for sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, so it's uh, supply chain issues are. I think we are largely behind us. Um, That's good. You know, to hear. and then if, if Daniel Cottingham was telling you that he thinks the real estate market's going to be fine, I'd, I'd tell you that uh, from what we're seeing on the original equipment manufacturing side, kind of hard, durable goods, it it looks pretty good so far. We get a lot of forecasting information from our customers. So you're talking First, about like track building apart uh, yeah, appliances, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, you know, there's segments of it, like um, you know, the the home appliance market because of what's going on yep. in the housing markets down a little bit. But um, we're in the heavy trucking industry, so that's that's generic goods moving from A to B, and they're they're elevated volumes. I mean, they're they're looking pretty good. When in the new build, I mean, that's regional too, right? I mean, it, it it's is. all it's all location, location, location. And I think here, in, in, I mean, your business is international, yeah. but for us, I mean, we're I'm talking on a Charlotte radio show. We like a pretty insulated. Well, and I'm a good example of that, right? Like, I, I moved to town, moved my business to town. So I, I think Charlotte will continue to grow, um, even if the rest of the country went into a recession. I, mean, I think it'll be, be good to be here. Kyle, this conversation yeah. is so interesting. I I, we got to go yeah, pay guys. some bills. Will you stick yeah, yeah. around for a few more minutes? Absolutely. We, 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 we very second. rarely do people get to stay on the fourth same mode. You're listening to Kyle Miller on At Home with Roby. The following is a sponsored program on WBT. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services. I'm Trent Hayson from the Roby Family of Companies. We are your hosts. Man, Trent, if you miss a, I mean, I haven't said this the entire show, but this is very, very enlightening, I, I, engaging conversation. Kyle's over here dropping knowledge. Dropping knowledge. Uh, that, I like to talk. Unfortunately, I've, I've been accused, uh, even with my athletic background, of being kind of a nerdy guy in life. Sometimes I really like economics. I, you, and, uh, I just yeah. got that out of you. Yeah. Geek. Sorry, man. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I went to Clemson. Are you an economics yeah. major? I was in undergrad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. And did you go to get a master's in business? MBA at Wake okay. Forest, yeah. Oh, cool. so, I didn't yeah. know that. Yep. All right. You, you did that I here. I think I did know Wake that. Wake in Charlotte, right? Yeah. For, well, for the I mean, listeners that had previous episodes, you can all thank Wesley Horn for that. He, he kind of dragged me into it and made me do it. So I've been, I've been cursing his name ever since. Well, I'm not doing any more formal education. That's, you're already that. too smart, Trent. I'm he, very bright. Well, I, I can use this joke with you and you as well. You went to UNC. I went to Clemson. In both schools, the N stands for knowledge. I didn't. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I, always thought, I, I feel dumb. Trent, I always knowledge thought starts that with was a K. K. I always yeah, thought okay. that was a K there. It's a silent K. Dang it! <laughs> oh man. Hey, what is Nat? What are we playing? With? Tricks on me? Nah, man. Come on. I just want to see. So, you. how do you and your brother get along? Uh, yeah, we get along well. I mean, we're we're into the same kind of stuff. Um, I wish our kids were closer in age. His are a little older, but we've you know with the, I have uh, two and a half year old twins, and we've started taking them to some of their baseball games on the weekend and stuff. Um, yeah. But we you know we we like to golf together. Um, are we have a joining offices with a um, kind of a Jack and Jill bathroom between them. I, I see them, you know, six, seven days a week, and our relationship's great. In the bathroom? <laughs> no, we, we try to keep those doors shut and locked. <laughs> 
<laughs> I will tell you, though, quick, quick. So, uh, I knew that was coming. Yeah. There you go. We didn't realize when we were doing it, like, so you can you can hear in there, right? So if I'm sitting there having a meeting with, like, our, our uh, controller or something like that, and then, like, he'll, he'll walk in there and start doing a number one, and it's like, ah, this is just awkward. That's, That's why you got to run water and turn on the right. bath fan and have right. a loud. My dad used to always say, people don't like these new fancy bath fans you can't hear in their powder room. They won't allow when it goes, they have guests over. It's privacy. Covering something up. You know what it's called in the industry. Everybody calls them a fart fan yeah. for, that, for that very reason. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yep. so now they, you know, they have the remote, the motors remote. So you can't, can't even hear. You don't even know if it's on. I, you can't. Ours wasn't working for a couple months. Reagan said, "Man, it's our our master bathroom is starting to stink, son. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's really my bathroom. <laughs> Come on, that was bad. <laughs> but anyway, but because the fan's hear, so fancy, no, it. it was broke. <laughs> you can't hear it. See, well, you know, pro tip: just take a little toilet tissue if you're you're concerned about your fan and put it up to it. I do know the trick. Thank you. But pro the audience tip. might not oh, know. Pro, you self-proclaiming pro. Just just for that toilet wow. tissue comment, yeah. And I want to go back to be my amateur status. So, Kyle, yeah. does your dad still come to office? He yeah, he's got four grandkids in Charlotte, so that's his excuse to come kind of visit the headquarters. Wow. Um, he's here about every four or five weeks. Um, Does he still live in Detroit? He uh, he and my mother are full time in Marco Island, Florida. Okay, got yeah, it. Have been for man, it's been a while, probably over a decade or so. Cool, yeah, yeah that's cool. great. Four grandkids between you and your brother. And two more in Atlanta with my my younger brother, and then I, I don't know if I mentioned on the uh, earlier, but we my wife and I have one on the way, so it'll be it'll be seven for him. Congratulations! Yeah, thank yeah. you very much. I yeah. know you were talking about that last night. How yeah. exciting is that? It's very exciting. It's it's a boy, so we will have uh, two boys and our, our only girl, and uh, that's probably good for for my girl. She's she needs attention, and she You're, gets a lot of it. So, um, how old is your boy? Uh, so they're twin, two and a half. Two and a half. They're yep. twins. Yeah. I always thought you and your brother. Uh, Kevin were twins. We've gotten that before, and then if you you have not my my younger brother Casey, but we were con- like literally confused all the time for twins when we were kids. Really? So yeah, yep. Wow. We all sound the same for sure. If you call the house, that I know all the listeners are wondering. <laughs> They've been wondering for thirty minutes. We put them on edge. What's the difference in lacrosse and field hockey? Well, lacrosse is the balls up in the air. Uh, field hockey, the balls down on the ground. Um, and then uh, I mean, field hockey, actually, you know, here we look at it as it's like a typically a, a woman's yeah. sport. But I mean, like in Europe, it's a it's a male dominated sport, really tough sport to play. Um, and in lacrosse, it's a lot more contact. I mean, you're hitting each other with a stick. You're not doing that in field hockey, or at least you're not supposed to. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the difference. But it's legal to hit people with the stick in lacrosse. Yeah, pretty much from your knees up to your shoulders. You, as long as you're making what would be considered to be an attempt at the ball, you can you can hit. Good. Them. Yeah, now, you, you, you can't can walk slash up and them. Like, that's a penalty. Yeah. All you guys are so big, call. man. I'm scared of that sport. Yeah, it was fun. Well, I was you know when I was growing up, I, I broke my arm uh, snowboarding actually, and was jogging like you know doing cross country in sixth grade, and I jogged past the first lacrosse practice I'd ever seen. I thought, well, wait a minute, I'm running. And they're running, but they get to hit each other with sticks. So as soon as that cast got cut off, I, I went. That's in there how you says, got oh, yeah. into Dude, it. Looked at it, love. I was like, you mean I get to hit people with? I mean, a I'm stick? from I'm Charlotte. In. I'm from the river, the west side of Charlotte. <laughs> I knew not anything about lacrosse. We didn't have I it went much to Carolina basketball yeah. school in Chapel Hill when I was 12, and lacrosse is prevalent in Chapel Hill. Yeah, yeah. And, and I bought me my first pair of athletic lacrosse champion lacrosse shorts. This is before, before champion was mainstream and everything. Yeah. And man, I wore those things for about fifteen. I loved them. Yeah. Well, so UNC's got Joe Breshi back. He was a graduate and uh, won a national championship there recently. And um, their that program's rocking and rolling. And then Duke's Duke's doing really well as well. So it's big in big in the Carolinas. That's great. Yeah. Man, 
I mean, we didn't have it wasn't huge in Atlanta either. There were a couple kids in our high school that played, but I, it, but it, it prevalent. Maryland is like the hotbed, right? Yeah, Maryland, and then like New York, New Jersey, New York, New Jersey. Yeah, mm. yep. I mean, I got a respect for you guys. It's tough sport. Yeah, um, thanks. Yeah, well, awesome show. Give thanks your business a plug. Yeah, I, I mean, hey, we're it's uh, if you need help sourcing any kind of a part for a, a production process, give us a call. Um, we're happy to bring in the inventory, house it. We'll go take it to market and make sure you're getting the best price you can and uh and you're hiring uh that's correct and yeah. how can people look you up uh bamel.com www.bamal.com i like that alan jackson slang you just yeah. put on that thing <laughs> www all right well uh patrick just put something in front of me oh just put a scam in front uh, of that me. another scam dave mcguire is asking you to do something with your payroll just okay, got that's it. great while we're on the show you can't do that you're throwing me for a loop hey listen <laughs> Go have a wonderful Sunday. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. I mean, really, carry a smile around and be positive. Hey, we're only we're not guaranteed another minute. Thanks for listening to the At Home with Roby Show.